Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today we've got uh, another one of our deep dive series where I'm talking with an entrepreneur and we're actually gonna brainstorm a real world marketing problem and you guys get to eavesdrop and um, and and see how we go about solving some of these problems. And hopefully in this series, you'll hear something that clicks with maybe something that uh, that you've got to do and you'll you'll get some some sense about how to go about solving that. So that's why we're doing it. And today I'm excited to be talking with Bart Mraz. Bart is the owner of Sumo Heavy. They are a boutique digital commerce consulting firm. They do all kinds of really interesting things around e-commerce and around enterprise development. And so, Bart, I'm excited to have you here. I'm looking forward to the conversation and uh, I just want to welcome you to the Unstoppable CEO podcast. Oh, thanks, Steve. I'm excited too. So give us a little bit of, of uh, background on Sumo Heavy. I love the name, by the way. I think that's that's awesome. Um, I, is there a backstory on the name? So the company name is actually Sumo Heavy Industries. Uh, Industries doesn't come up a lot of times, but because Sumo Heavy just makes it nice and short and sweet. A little bit, it's actually um, mine and our director of marketing name combined for Sumo, our last names. Uh, I kind of mixed in there. So it's not a crazy story, but after that, we basically, I've had this name written on our whiteboard um, for almost 20 years because we've been working together forever. So uh, it just kind of came up and everything in, in Japan sort of is heavy and industries and it fit. The logo is, was great. And it just kind of stuck. And we never wanted to have a company name that's like web development or e-commerce or anything like that. It was just a totally different brand. And it's pretty noticeable when you come across it. I would imagine so. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about what you guys do. Sure. Um, so we're in e-commerce space always been in e-commerce space. Um, company's a little over 10 years old. Um, had agency before this, also did e-commerce work. Um, we started as just a development shop. Uh, basically, Magento came out uh, in beta. Uh, Magento is a platform, e-commerce platform, um, pretty large now. And we basically just did development work. Got clients, did hourly work. Over the years, we've the more we got we involved in clients, the more consulting we've done. What I mean by consulting, we've done um, sort of helping engineering and leadership and for technical side of it with process and efficiency through process and their technology solutions. Um, that's really where we got into a lot more than just being just a development shop. So we currently work with half of our clients are bigger enterprises now. Um, where we are part of the team, help out with sort of road mapping the product, working with technology, breaking it down, um, still doing a lot of development work with them, but definitely working with a lot more internal teams. Okay, very cool. So what's the marketing challenge we're going to work on today? I think it's just for us, it's, it's getting us to have a better positioning, um, you know, because what we've had a challenge with is, you know, some of our clients are still thinking of us as development shop because that's what we do for them. Some of the stuff that we put out and sort of we do podcasts and things like that, a lot of some of the leads we get are very marketing heavy based. And that's not what we do. We don't touch marketing. Um, we don't do SEO. We don't do design. We do heavy development work or heavy like construction work. Um, so it's not a basic site that's up there. It's it's the backend systems. It's working with 
things like innovation departments, R&D, and you know, working with them fully. So I think it's trying to reposition ourselves, especially now, into a better kind of mode of helping long-term clients. Okay. Well, so anytime I think about positioning, I always like to start with really getting clear on on who the buyer is, you know, and, you know, if you look at our inevitable growth scorecard, the first mindset is who is your who. And so if you guys kind of articulated your ideal client and who, who really does the buying and makes the decisions? Yeah. So just looking from, so the challenge also comes from us is that we, half of our clients are smaller means we become that team for them, that technology team for them. So usually that's going to be a CEO. For the bigger enterprises where we actually want to head and we're heading that direction, it's going to be the VP or director of e-commerce or director of technology. It could be the innovation department, less tech up DevOps type of side of it, but it happens. But it's that technical director or CIO. Somebody is in charge of the technology itself and actually delivering for the business. A lot of times it's not going to be the business itself. It's going to be the, the tech side. Okay. So, I mean, as I hear that, there's two distinct markets. There's kind of the existing market of smaller mm-hmm. companies, and then you've got this newer one. Um, and it sounds like you guys are making a, an intentional pivot towards the larger companies. Um, are you putting any focus on marketing to the, the smaller companies right now? No, we're trying not to. Um, and, and the reason for that is really uh, we find it that our style of work and the business model we have fits really well with bigger companies. Um, so just a background a little bit, we don't do projects or hourly work. We actually are fully retainer, month to month retainer kind of style of work. So it's, it's a little different. It makes it d- easier for bigger corporations to hire us as a, as a full team and have that as a, as a nice chunk instead of just doing hourly type of work. Okay, so, uh, so you've answered an important question and, and where I was going with that was, trying to figure out, are there really two types of ideal clients that you're trying to market to, but you're not, you're, mm-hmm. you're really trying to focus on these, these bigger clients. So mm-hmm. for, for those clients, what are the things that tend to trigger them wanting to work with you or needing to work with you? Especially in the e-com world, um, you know, it's replatform or platform type of e-commerce platform type solutions, botch you know, replatform. So it's a rescue job. The other is, you know, they need a, they have a specific need on integrations or backend integrations that have to happen. That's what triggers a lot of what we've had. Obviously referral business is a huge business for us because it's, you know, enterprise kind of works that way really, really well, but developing bigger scalable sort of solutions is, is what we kind of are heading towards, you know, clients come to us with really just an issue. And then we walk in there and stay for a while because the, the our style of work lets us do that. So I would say rescues or sort of implementations type things is where it gets triggered a lot of times. Um, and I think that's, I think it's where we need to solve because um, I would love to get to a point where, you know, there's a new thing that they have to do or like digital transformation type things, or they're looking at, uh, scaling their business and figuring out how to cost save money from technology perspective. That's where we like to play really well. In a perfect world, you know, if we're looking ahead a year from now and it's August 7th as we're recording this, so let's say August 7th, 2021, how many clients 
do you feel like you want to add to to really feel like you've made great progress? Uh, all of them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we carry between. So this is going to be a long roundabout answer, but we okay. carry between eight to twelve clients at a time right now, um, and we're happy in that place. Um, we probably could do about fifteen. Um, I would love to bring in two between two to four sort of the larger clientele in. Um, and that'd be a, you know, bringing two be amazing wing, bringing four be even crazier and awesome because we don't need a lot considering that we stay with those clients for a very long time, as long as they like us and long as we like them too, <laughs> because it, it just expands of what we can do for them. Yeah. I mean, it's a great, it's a great business model. My first business was a lot like that. We'd get into a, a client and, you know, you just keep asking questions and uncovering new new problems and new ways to help them. And, and yeah, uh, we also get on the point where like we become part of that team, part of that family, mm-hmm. part of that client because we mm-hmm. work with them every day, and it just becomes part of that. Although though we're a different company, um, to a point where we actually had a company put put us on their org chart one time, which was really funny. <laughs> well, <laughs> so that go ahead, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But that that's really, really powerful, right? So knowing all of that, it it can kind of inform how you're going to approach trying to attract those clients. Um, mm-hmm. You know, from a positioning standpoint, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of triggers or problems that pop up that tend to cause them to, to reach out to you. And, you know, on the on the front end of things, sometimes it's useful to you know, create messaging around those trigger events because that's what's going to drive people to you. Um, but at the same time, you've got to also be putting the message out there that you solve lots of problems that you, you know, you get in in deeper. And um, and I would imagine that there are some some bigger kind of overarching problems. So I, I understand replatforming. And for those who might not know what that term is, let me see if I can state it as as a, a layman, what you mean there. That's somebody who's got one particular e-commerce platform, you know, maybe maybe they're on Magento. You mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. They're moving to maybe Spotify. And I don't even know if those are platforms that you still work with, but something like that. Is that that what that process is? And Steve, it's Shopify, not Spotify. Or, I'm sorry, Shopify, <laughs> you're right. Yes, the, that's what the I podcasting mean. podcasting world, everything's Spotify. Exactly, right? It's crazy. So yeah, I mean, it's, that's partial. Um, you know, on our side, we do have a full list of what we do between agile planning, platform migration, process management, you know, digital transformation, data migration, infrastructure, team augmentation. There's just like a plethora of things that we can do. Um, it's just more positioning ourselves to be that call that was like, you know, we need these guys to come in to help us um, yeah. from, from a bigger perspective. Yeah. And I, I, and that's the, that's the really challenging thing, I think, for anybody that is looking at a situation where you're only trying to attract, you know, like you say, two to four clients over the next year, but they're big whale clients. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, you know, if you do a comparison of e-commerce agencies or whatever, you know, there's a lot of agencies that just do marketing and put people on Shopify um, sort of clientele and it's easy, right? They just do marketing and that's an easy way to do that positioning. We do marketing for clients and we grow blah, blah, blah. When you come to this world, it's, it's a little harder to describe because we don't have any flashy. We don't, we can't really show you code, but we know the results. And the pro the other problem side of it is I think is a lot of results that we show, we can't really show because it's private. Yeah. So, 
And I would imagine for every client, you're solving different problems. Yes. Yes. Um, Some of them kind of transfer and, and, you know, we're in the commerce space. It doesn't mean we have to be because organizationally, when it comes to enterprise, they all have the same problems and it doesn't have to be in e-commerce space. We just happen to come out of that. Mm -hmm. And most of our clientele is e-commerce. So, you know, people ask us for a vertical. I mean, we don't really have one. I mean, it's just we work with e-commerce clients because they have the most complex sort of uh, issues that you run into and they're constant. They're not just the site that you put up. It's a lot of work all the time. Yeah. And so, I mean, when you begin to think about positioning, I think the the first thing that makes life a little bit easier is putting the flag in the ground and saying, even though, yes, you could work in all kinds of industries, but if you put the flag in the ground and say, we're e-commerce, it, from the prospect's perspective, it frames now the the fact that you're for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and it it you know takes you from generalist to, to specialist, but you know oftentimes what I see businesses try and do is when you know when you're only looking for that very small number of very specific clients, you try and go and apply all of this kind of broad marketing, you know, strategy mm-hmm. to it. And it doesn't work nearly as well because you're you're literally looking for the needle in the haystack, and um, you know so content marketing you could do all that kind of stuff, but and it's useful in a supportive role, you know to have some content to show that you guys are innovative and you know and thought leaders and all that. It's useful to have that, but it's not so useful as the thing that's going to attract the prospect it's really useful as the, the, the proof once you've engaged with that prospect that, yeah, these, these guys are the real deal. Yep. You know, and that's, so, that's kind of how yeah. we've been thinking about a little bit of our content, right? Like we're not going to be the place that people come to for breathtaking sort of solution that they've never seen. But I think that once we have that engagement, people will see, are these guys actually legit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I think talking about, so in the content that you create in, in my mind, which is going to def- define your positioning. So anything you put out into the market, it, you know, anything you say into the market effectively defines your positioning. And you can use that to your advantage because you can now look at all of these different problems that you're dealing with, with clients. You can generalize them a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, um, yep. because your clients want privacy and, and, you know, confidentiality and all that and and generalize some of those problems and some of the approaches the ways of thinking about the solution not e- not even giving the solution but just the way of thinking about it and approaching it and and that's a pretty effective demonstration of your expertise and, and that helps with the positioning but the the thing that will in my mind make the most difference in terms of attracting those clients is getting really specific on who you want yeah making a list yeah. yeah, and we started to, um, you know, it's it's been interesting uh, it, as soon as, uh, obviously, we're in an interesting COVID time. <laughs> you know, in the beginning of this, we literally said, well, let's take this opportunity to see if we can actually nail down things we really want to go after and do. And I think we're starting to do that slowly, uh, but it's it's been, it's definitely challenging, right? You're going to have a small company. We're definitely a small group trying to keep everybody working. Um, positioning is is getting into bigger companies, it's, it's definitely tough. 
Oh, and it, and it's not going to happen overnight, you know? No, and, and, and that's the other side of this. No matter what environment you're in, this takes months and months and not years. Yeah. And, you know, the, the moral of that story is the best time to start was yesterday and the next best time to start is now. now. Yeah. You know, but I, I really do think that's where you can begin to move the needle with this because, you know, if you're, you know, the way most people think about creating content, they think I'm going to put this out there and then Google's going to pick it up and a million people are going to be on my website tomorrow. And of course that never happens, right? <laughs> but the other way to think about it is I know the 20 companies that are going to be perfect for us. And I'm going to start reaching out to the people that I know have these problems within these companies. Yeah. But I need something of value to, you know, to be able to open up conversations with them around. And, and that's where the content comes into play. Because that, you know, that can be your, you know, your sort of way to, to open the door and, and open conversation. The other thing that can work is, uh, you know, as you probably know, you mentioned podcast earlier, um, you know, to the extent that you can get these people to come out and do an interview and talk about ind industry trends and start a relationship that way, uh, that can shortcut an awful lot. Um, yeah, which we've been, we've been doing a little bit off now, um, which is good. It's been, it's been interesting. Um, but also with content, like it's funny you say that uh, we're, we're starting to get the internal team sort of figure out what they're doing for like a feature or what they're doing for a client and see how we can spin that out into a piece of content that can go out to that same kind of sort of issue in a bigger company or, or kind of follow that trend of picking up what we're doing for clients and, and trying to turn that into something. Yeah, I, I think that combination will work really well for you. I mean, everybody wants sort of the, the silver bullet, to, <laughs> you know, what's going to get me those four clients, you know, next week. But, you know, anytime you're going after really complex sales like this, unfortunately, time is a factor. It sounds like you mm -hmm. understand that. Yeah. Um, there, there's not necessarily any, any great shortcut. You know, the, the places that we have successfully helped people shave time off the sales cycle are on the front end, you know, so getting in contact and, and using the podcast as a way to do that. Um, and then kind of proving what you can do, because once you get the, the initial contact and you've got some, you know, rapport beginning to build the, the next thing you have to overcome and, uh, you know, and I would imagine you guys run into this, tell me if, if this, you know, kind of feels like it's something you run into, but I mean, is it ever difficult to explain what you do? To uh, for me, yes. <laughs> um, the team actually is starting to have a better time and easier time to to do to explain what we do, which is awesome. You know, our thing is once it's in our lap, that first conversation, and I have the team on the phone, then it's pretty easy. Getting to that point, it's a little harder, which is okay. Um, we understand it's a longer cycle, but I think we're positioned pretty well to do those longer cycles because the way we you know, we're a retainer-based company, so it's a month-to-month -month or longer contract, and it's one, you know, sort of deal. So it's not hourly, so we don't have to keep on chasing that all the time. So we kind of know what our year kind of looks like uh, for the most part. And that, that brings it up to, you know, we can do that longer sales cycle where I don't have to, I can have that conversation over a period of six months, you know, build that rapport. 
um, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, but trying to explain what we do in the short nugget is a little harder to do. How do you do that now? What do you say? Um, it depends on the client. You know, a lot of times I'm still comparing it to construction world because we're the, you know, we're not just building small houses. We're not your general contractors. We do heavy construction. So that's, that's part of it. Trying to, to get, and I think that's where the positioning, trying to get us to have a nice nugget of what we do best is where I'm struggling half the time. With your clients, uh, and I'm sure this, this varies, but if you think about, if you think about the big picture result that you deliver, mm-hmm. how would you describe that? See, that's the, that's the fun part. I, I think for us, it's more about working through, I think for me, and, and we've stated this before, is like efficiency through process. Um, we're big process people. Um, so everything we do is based on process because we know that if you're in it and follow the process, it, you know, it lets you do stuff faster. Um, but also be very, very efficient and effective. Um, and we do that internally too. We're a very small team, but handle projects that are, you know, our team should be two, three times bigger and it's not, and we're still working really well. So, I, I mean, I like the concept of efficiency through process, but my sense is that's still a little bit vague. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, and yep. it's almost like it's still one layer of abstraction away from the actual business result. Right. So when they hire you, what is the business result they're generally looking for? I mean, current times is definitely cost savings or revenue growth. I mean, that's the the bigger picture. But a lot of that time is being trying to have a scalable and efficient sort of engineering team that can build products. Because we do work with a lot of internal teams that are a lot bigger. Which is interesting, and it's always that end goal, and it's always different for every single client. The other issue, trying to get to to that nice nugget, is that we've worked with clients for four or five years, and we, you know, the way we started and then where where we are now are two different worlds. Meaning that we started on something very simple, and they let us do stuff, and then over the years we've built and helped, and so trying to get the nugget like, is really hard. Yeah, and. Um... It's interesting. The parallel, the, the parallels to to my first business are are in 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 many ways they're they're pretty close um, in the in the approach that we took, um, and, and it almost takes and you can do this when you've only got the need for a handful of clients. You can almost have a custom approach for every client, yeah, and somewhat custom positioning for every client. The mm-hmm. trick is to like I said, get really specific on who you want and, and then make contact, you know, and begin to get a little bit of intelligence. And then you can start to craft the approach. You can start to craft content that plants the seed that, you know, where that you almost appear that, you know, that, that you're reading their mind a little bit, right. you know? Right. Like we got to go um, deep instead of wide and it has to be very specific to that particular client. Um, everything we're right. Although though it's sort of general, I think we've talked about this before where it's, you know, even if we write it for specific client, even though we, we write a specific client in general terms, that means it can attract other clients too on top of that. Of course. Yeah. I mean, right. w- when you general, when you take problems that they're articulating to you and then you create content around it um, and then feed it back to them, 
number one, it shows that you understand their issues, but it does it in a way that hopefully is not, you know, most of the time it's not going to be real obvious that you did it custom for them, Mm -hmm. you know, and that'll help establish credibility. Uh, But yes, it's absolutely going to attract others. That's the approach that most people don't want to take, you know, because (laughs) it's a little more difficult. And the fear is, you know, gosh, if I target the wrong ones and it doesn't work out, you know, that that's my whole thing. So you got to figure out a way to balance, you know, getting enough numbers to know that you're going to have some predictability around it, you know, at least, you know, over the course of, of every year, you're going to add two to four of them if that's your number, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. And I agree with you. It is definitely harder because you look at, I look at it from perspective of like, all right, there's agencies that are doing marketing and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's never going to, or advertising, it's not going to work for us. It's got to be targeted and very, very specific, um, which I'm, I'm really okay with, believe it or not. Um, I'm okay having small, a lot less conversations, but having targeted conversations than sort of throwing stuff against the wall and having all these conversations that just net nothing. Right. I mean, I, I, I think the, the path to, you know, ultimately to the revenue for you is, is not necessarily any longer. It's just different, mm-hmm. you know, because every time you land a client, it's worth a whole lot more. So the agency that's just doing marketing or SEO or whatever for e-commerce, they've probably got to add multiples of clients for your one, and they probably don't retain them nearly as long. Right. And then you're a constant cycle of selling. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot of advantage to, to the business model that, that you guys have built, um, but you got to have marketing. And going back to your idea of, of process, you got to have marketing and a marketing process that matches the business model that you're selling. Mm-hmm. And I see this all the time. I mean, people watch this, all this crazy stuff on the internet and come up with all these different ways to go about it. And they're trying to apply marketing for a business that doesn't have the same business model, you know, to their business. And it just, right there's always that feeling of disconnect. There's like something's wrong here. It's not working. Well, it's because it's the wrong model, but yeah, I think if you go deep and really begin to think about individual prospects, individual accounts, use your content to demonstrate what you're doing for your other clients, but in a generalized way um, and to demonstrate your expertise and then build that list out, you know, and that list probably needs to have 20 to 50 companies on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a sizable uh, size that it- that that makes sense for us and and just scouring that you yeah. know what the issues ha- they're having and how we can jump in there yeah no this is this is a good gut check yeah i mean so then the process you know has got just a, a few steps you got to get you got to identify the right person first and then you got to get in contact with that right person and and somehow initiate um you know the very first conversation and that might not be a conversation that's a selling conversation probably yeah. won't be, but just to begin to build a relationship. And, and so as you think about building out your processes, that's, that's kind of the way you want to be thinking about it is what are my stages? And then using what you guys already do really well around process, how am I going to build that in a way that we can execute it given everything else that we've got on our plates? Right. Right. And, and, and it's it's a good like I said to you this is this is a really good uh, gut check for uh, for me <laughs> although we're going through this process um, internally we actually been talking about it and actually adjusting it um, which is awesome 
That's great. Feels feels well, like a good track. We're on a good track. I think so. Yeah, I think so. This is exciting. So you'll have to uh, come back in six months or a year and give us an update. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be good. And and you know, any company that's trying to th- go through this right now is is it's it's not a fun situation a lot of times um you know i have a lot of agency friends who who definitely are struggling a little bit and to know what to do um you know we're fortunate a little bit that we're in the space that's been growing and has its challenges all over the place and people are going for it but um i think there's way to adjust your agency for for anything you've been doing right now oh absolutely yeah absolutely and a lot of people are doing that i mean this is uh I was just on a call with a client uh, this morning who said, you know, it's a shame that it took a pandemic for everybody to stop and look at what they were doing and ask questions, but boy, there's a lot of it going on right now. Yeah. I, you know, for me, it's, you know, this is not my first rodeo in, in down market. Um, you know, technically, yes, I'm almost 10 years old, but I've started this basically in 08 and I graduated college in 01. So kind of take your cues from there. So. Yeah, I, I understand. I went through both of those and I came out in 94. So there there was that yeah. one too. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it helps to have experience with these things, you know, helps get you through them. Yep. Um, you, you learn very quickly that, uh, that you will survive. Mm-hmm. So, well, cool. Uh, how can folks find you? So if somebody's listening to this and goes, man, I actually really need what Bart does. How do they, how do they track you down? Sumo heavy on everything. Um, Sumo.com on Twitter, like all the socials are all Sumo heavy. We're not hard to find. Um, you can also find my name on just Google it. <laughs> I'm easy. Yeah. And uh, we'll link all of that up in the show notes for this. Um, thanks for coming on and, and uh, brainstorming a little bit with me today. And uh, folks, I hope this has been helpful for those of you who are listening. Um, I know that there are people out there listening who are sitting there going, I'm in exactly that boat. I only need that, that small number of whale clients. So now you know how to approach that. And, um, and that's why we do these. So uh, if you want to go through the, the same set of eight mindsets that we use every time we look at, uh, at a, a business and, and help a business solve their marketing challenges, uh, you can go to thegrowthscore.com. You can get the Inevitable Growth Scorecard, get your score. And in about 10 minutes, it's going to show you where to focus your energy next to begin to improve your marketing. So go check that out at thegrowthscore.com. And uh, we will see you in the next episode. Thanks, everyone. This episode of the Unstoppable CEO podcast is sponsored by the Unstoppable Agency. That is the agency part of our business where we work with professional service firms and create a done-for-you marketing program. And what that looks like is we actually sit down with you. We come together and define your ideal client with you. We go build a list of those people, and then we begin reaching out to them on your behalf to book them as guests on your podcast. We call it podcast prospecting, and it's a fantastic way to connect with potential clients and influencers that can refer you. And it's end-to-end a done-for-you system. And so if that's something that you think might be the right fit for your business, go to our website, go to unstoppableceo.net. You can uh, find there on the homepage a link to a video presentation that explains how it all works. And if you'd like, let's get together and have a quick 20-minute conversation and see if we're a fit. Again, that's at unstoppableceo.net right on the homepage. Look for a link to the video that explains how it all works.